get started, get it recording. All right, so last week, I think I may have mentioned, I know I talked to some people after class. I may have gotten a week ahead of myself um, because one of, my, one of my favorite weeks of this class is um, talking about the parable of the, um, the shrewd manager is one of the ways. I, I, I've called him the shrewd manager for so long now that I've forgotten the other thing that people tend to call him because I don't like that as much. Um, and I think I may have said that this was the week for the shrewd manager, and it's actually not. That's next week. So if you came back hoping for that, you're going to have to come back twice. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the passages in Matthew 6 about giving uh, without being seen and not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That, um, Andy, I don't think you've been in here before. One time. One time. Okay, all right. See, I don't, I don't even remember faces anymore. So I, so I have always wanted, whenever I go to like a play or if I go to the, if you go to the Country Music Hall of Fame and you walk up the stairs um, on the Omni Hotel and you go up to like their, uh, their reception level, you see all of the names of the companies and the places that gave so that that place could be built. Or if you're reading the playbill, you see all of the people that donated to, to TPAC or whatever. I have always wanted to be in one of those books. <laughs> and I never have because I never give enough money to those places to get into the, you know, to the sponsor list or the, any of that. Um, I don't really feel the need to have my name on a, a, a wing at a college or a hospital. But, but it'd be nice to be in the book. You know, and um, and sometimes I, I I struggle with that. I just think is that so wrong to want to be in the the sponsor? I don't even have to be at the top of the sponsor list with the you know the ten thousand dollar. Put me in the two hundred and forty nine and down. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Just it would be cool to have somebody read the book. Oh look, the Mansfields are in here. You know, we see other people. Um, and of course, when, when I think about whether or not that's an appropriate desire, I go back to Matthew 6, 2 through 4. And we're going to end up reading this whole chapter out loud today. So if you've got a phone and want to pull up uh, Matthew 6, uh, go ahead, because I'm going to ask some of you to, to read parts of it. But it says, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Right, so basically this means the best giving should be done quietly. Why? Let's read the whole chapter. Um, somebody want to do verses 1 through 4? Okay. Chapter 6, right? Yep. Take care not to practice your righteousness in the sight of people, to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, and that they will be praised by people. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. 
But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your charitable giving will be in secret. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Okay. The next part of the chapter is about prayer. Uh, so somebody 5 through 15. Chapter. Uh, chapter 6. Matthew. Matthew 6, yes. Sorry, I was getting ready for 5 through 15. Yes. Uh, 5 through 15. Yep, yep, 15. This is the message. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God. And you will, be, you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you were dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Like this. Uh, is that still on? Yep. God, yeah, yeah, do the Lord's Prayer. Okay, and, yeah. Our yeah. Father in heaven, reveal who you are, set the world right, and do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You, you're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Hadn't read that in the message before. <laughs> A little bit different. Yeah. Um, and, and then immediately after that, because I know it, it, it breaks different there. Uh, but stop, stop before you get to the fasting part. Okay. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Okay. And then um, chap uh, still chapter 6, verses 16 through 24. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. They disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up yourselves, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, and your eyes are if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. A note about the... Um verse 23 where it talks about if your eyes are healthy and if your eyes are unhealthy I um, got a Bible app that has lots of different translations and I, um, I enjoy following along the readings in um, I think it's called the complete Jewish Bible but so it, it, they, they use a lot of 
Hebrew phrases. Um, and the, the way that it's translated there, it says, if you have good eyes, and they make a note that, uh, that that generous spirit. And if you have bad eyes, that's a stingy spirit. So they, they make that, um, that analogy specific there as opposed to just being about vision. Um, and that was, that's something that I hadn't really seen in uh, the translations that I typically read. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll finish the chapter. Um, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See, the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, in chapter 6, Jesus is not focusing exclusively on giving. He's really going over what might have been considered the most important manifestations of piety to his audience. He's talking about giving, generosity, he's talking about prayer, and he's talking about fasting. Um, if you do these things, people will know that you're good. Those were the things that the Jewish community, they valued those, and if you saw somebody that gave, if you saw somebody that prayed, if you saw somebody that fasted, that's a good guy. And what he's saying really isn't that far removed from what the, rabbinic, the other rabbinic teachers of the time were saying. Uh, about a century later, a rabbi named Eliezer ben Shemua wrote, almsgiving should be done in secret and not before men, for he who gives before men is a sinner. So it's very, very close to what Jesus is saying there. And Jesus had previously said in the Sermon on the Mount, let your light so shine before men. So it's okay to be seen doing good things, you just don't want to be doing them so that you can be seen. He's also saying the real work is done behind the scenes. So some ways to think about giving and how we do that. Giving is taking away from yourself. You know, you're taking something that you have and you are putting it in another place. You're giving it to another person. If you call attention to yourself, then you're, you're, gain, you're gaining something immediately. And so at, at best, what you're doing is trading one form of capital for another. You know, if you're giving away money so that people can see you giving away money, you're getting, you're getting the capital. You're getting your own reward right there. You know, if, you're doing, if you're doing something so that you can be seen, it's, it, it becomes transactional. And you get, and I mean, that's, and I think that's what Jesus is talking about 
when he says those people have their reward. You do get a reward for doing good things so that people can see you do good things. But the reward that but it's that surface reward. Um, giving can also be a way that love takes form. And note that Jesus qualifies at the beginning of the chapter um, the giving. He says, "When you give to the needy," and uh, there's a there's a specific. I, I think there's a specific reason there. Um, that we don't often talk about when we talk about giving in secret and why that's a good idea. Um, because in some situations, giving quietly protects the dignity of the person who is in need. Because if, if you need something, it's hard enough to go to somebody else, much less in public, and say, I'm not making rent this month, or we can't afford this medical bill or I just I need any kind of help so you know, it, and, and it makes it even harder if somebody causes a big scene to show that they're helping you because then then you're just give then you are just building up your reputation on the back of somebody that's in need and I don't in, 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 and I don't know that we often talk about that when we talk about Giving in secret uh, is that I I don't remember hearing that. Am I missing ways that we? Okay, I'm watching. I'm watching. <laughs> I always watch for my cues. I always. Yeah, I know, but you you know. I've lived a lot. You've you've yeah. You 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 you've seen you've seen more conversations about giving. <laughs> so some people prefer to give only when their identity is recognized, not necessarily so that they can feel proud of themselves, but so they can feel reassured that the beloved knows that they wanted to send the message, I love you. Um, but what's problematic for Jesus is the kind of giving where the act needs to be recognized by a third party. So, I mean, I, I, en I enjoy just because I, I, I like randomness. It's just, and I can, and I can trace, and I, it, I can trace the theology of that back to um, being a kid. Um, but I, I, so I love the idea of people doing things anonymously. Um, I was at a congregation once where we um, had several people that had lost jobs and had not, managed to find them um, and so uh, the class that we were in we held like a class garage sale and we told everybody uh, anybody that came, we didn't put prices on anything because it was just too much stuff and so everybody that came in we said whatever you want whatever you want to pay pay it and so some people paid us insane amounts of money for nothing and I think somebody got a bicycle for $5. Um, just because that's, you know, whether, whether it's because they only had $5 or whether it's because they, it's like, hey, I can get a bicycle for $5 today. They did. Um, but other people covered that. It all ended up well. And we raised about $3,000 with that. And so the next Sunday at church, we had people that quietly snuck $1,000 in cash into three people's purses. And they, know it, they knew it came from people at the church, but 
they had no idea where it was coming from. I love that. I just that 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 speaks to the the storyteller in me. But I also know that sometimes when when you're in relationship with somebody, it's important it's important to know who the money is coming. Yeah, it's important to know who the money is coming from. It's important to the giver that the person they're giving to knows I care about you. I'm giving you this. I want I want you to know that it came from me because you're important to me. Um, what Jesus is talking about is not the kind of anonymity that would keep that from happening. But you know, if I'm if I'm giving you money. Mike doesn't necessarily need to know. That maybe. I need Well, and, and there and there may be community times when that makes sense. But but if I'm if I'm giving the gale so that Mike is impressed with me, then that spoils everything. Which is where we probably walk in. I think where the university, the back of the, the annual report. Um, yeah, so we in the twenty-five thousand and above list. <laughs> and I never thought about that. We've done a bunch of that, right? Yeah. But there's a bunch in, in anonymous, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm asking myself, well, I've never done anonymous, but why haven't I? There's no relationship there. Yeah. All the only reason I haven't done anonymous is because I must like to see my name somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> They want to have names of people that know other people so that those other people will look and see your name yes, and say, yes, so, I mean, it's... The, the, the fourth every, party wants the third party. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And, and in so many of these things, it's not quite as simplistic. Yeah, you're right. It's corporate to be. It, it, exactly, which is, which is my, my larger point here. Yes. Another thing I have a problem with is we sponsor children in different parts of the world and it's like we get these letters from them and you can tell it's just basically they told them what to write like they had to write a letter to us and I'm like you have to write what you I mean I'm giving because you need it and I just don't like that and then I feel like I have to write back to them and I don't speak the language so it's just very to me it's like teaching the kids that they're less than and they have to thank these people and I don't know. Yeah. I know they don't mean it to be like that, but it really it gets on my nerves. Yeah, I, I think you know, and I think their motives are are yeah, good because are good. They, they want it. They want they want you to stay as a sponsor, right? They want you to be sticky. I think that's yeah. what they're. And doing. they want you to feel like you have a relationship. They're also yeah. teaching those kids yes. to write those thank you notes. Yes. Yes. But they're not. It's not True. an organic. Yeah. Right. Of course, but it's better than nothing is what their point is. And yeah. I just helps. want them to be taken yeah. care of and not have yeah. to thank somebody. Like, my kids don't have to thank somebody. Yeah. And I take care of them. But I think it may be because you are giving for a better reason. I mean, I think underlying this, the reason it's damaging for us to give so that we are observed is because then we're becoming interested in how it looks rather than cultivating hearts of compassion for somebody that needs it. And so you're not, you're already to the point where I feel for this child and I don't need that. I feel like I can make a difference in your life and that's what I want. Mm -hmm. You're not looking for somebody 
to pat you on the back. Maybe some people are. Well, I think there's still, I, I, I think that's still a process. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and, and there's an additional part to it, too, um, which goes to what you were talking about with fundraising, which is the relationship and the community aspect of it. Because we really do like to have some kind of relationship often with the people that we give to. I mean, and, and in an ideal world, the kind of giving you're doing helps create a real relationship with the people who are giving that money. You don't necessarily need that, but that would be even better. Yeah. Well, we and went to visit the children. We, go to visit, we went to, to Guatemala to visit our, we have three. Yeah. And we went to visit them, and that was really cool. But then it's like she starts writing these letters again, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just, and, and, yeah, and that's, and, and being used and all that. a little bit. Yeah. That's what it's meant to me. Yeah. I kind of feel bad because I don't write back because it's like a good timer. That's what it is. I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it. Like, I'm giving you money. Just shut up. I'm kidding. No, but I do feel guilty. I mean, and the fundraising goes to that too because it is. In, in a lot of those things, you are creating a kind of community, and so it's and and one of the reasons that I that I would love to have my name on that Country Music Hall of Fame wall is because I see all of these people that I've known for twenty and thirty years, and they you know and I want I want to be the kind of people that I know they are. I want I want to be in their pre you know, and so so we do you know sometimes we give aspirationally. We give because all of our friends were giving, so we want. I did this. I did this yesterday with my with my daily giving. There's a guy, um, and I don't know him, but I follow him on Twitter. He's I, I, I follow him on what I call my theological Twitter followers because I have like my celebrity Twitter people that I follow, and I have my friends, and I have my media, and I have my theology people. And he's one of my theology guys, and I really like him. And he tweeted some uh, a teacher that I guess he knows that is raising she's she's trying to get supplies for a class for the fall and um, so it's like haven't given today I'll find something and I just went and I bought the first thing on the list and I said just wanted you to know that I that I bought this because Dante retweeted you and so that way she knows she knows that it came from him he sees that somebody gave because of what he did and um then anybody that's on twitter that reads my replies knows too so i probably didn't get a lot of extra credit for that one but it was important for me to know for it was important for me it was important to me for them to know that i did it because of dante well I, I, and i'm really I'm, now that i think about this a little more uh I'm glad we're having this conversation. I was sitting at my desk the other day looking at you know, Nashville Rep has, has resumed, and I was looking at the uh, seasons, uh, the, the current season, and we're going to get some, not full season, but anyway. The point is, I was looking at the order form, yeah. and I and it said, uh, you know, of course they want donations. Sure. Want donations. And, you know, only give $100 and you can have your name program to your thing earlier. And I'm... 
when I see stuff like that, I in my mind immediately go to this scripture, the Bible. Yeah. And I thought, no, I can't. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I, I wrote it off, but forget it, because that what I'm doing is I'm. But but it's deeper than that because if I'm really concerned about getting to the arts, then I think it's probably legitimate. Yeah. If my interest is getting to the arts versus seeing my name in the book. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I so I'm going to try to condition myself not to just you know, my name's going to forget when I get it. Yeah. Because I think it, that there's value in giving to causes that are uh, meaningful. And, and, and if you think about it now, so take a why? What's wrong with going on Facebook? I know my answer, but there's the other side of this. I'm not debating right here myself. Um, I just donated X, or I just gave blood today. What's wrong with putting that on your Facebook? Because, yeah, I'm not doing it for to boost myself up, and some everybody would say that, but maybe I'll influence my friends. Yeah. You know, he's right. If he can do that, give blood, or, wow, you know, that kind of thing, there's a whole lot of value in that. So, so the answer is it depends on your motives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I, wanted, I loved the, the way the message paraphrased this because it, it really kind of got to um, the what what I think is the word that usually gets translated hypocrites there and the the Greek word where we get hypocrites doesn't necessarily doesn't specifically mean putting up a good front in order to deceive um, as as we often use the term these days um, it, it, it really was more. It was closer, probably, to stage actors. Yeah, yeah. It's more. It's more about putting on a show than it is trying to convince people that you're somebody you're not. Because I think I think we tend to think of hypocrites. Well, you know, they say one thing, but they really do another, and so they're trying to show us that they're somebody other than who they are. Um, they may very well. They may very well actually be those people. They just like. To be those people publicly, um, and the phrase "Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing." I mean, we often take that to indicate a secretiveness so complete that even we don't really know what we're doing when we're giving. Um, and I think there, and I think there's something to be said for that. One of the my dad um, before he died, my dad. Um, gave all of the kids and all of the grandkids a certain amount of money. And he said, um, I want you to give this to, um, well, with, our, with ours it came with a few strings, uh, which is he wanted us to give it to a Christian-based charity. And I didn't really have a Christian-based charity that I was really tied into. I mean, I could have given it to, to Made in the Streets or... You know, any number of places, and that would have been great, but I didn't have an existing relationship with those. Um, what I did have, um, and I, so I held on to the money for a while, and then when the pandemic hit, I saw a lot of my friends lose their jobs. And, you know, and so a lot of people that I knew, because you know, I work with all these people in the arts and in the music industry, and they couldn't tour, and they couldn't go out, and you know, so they got hit. They got hit first, and they got hit longest. And so, and so, one day I was just like, "I got this money sitting here in the bank. It's not quite what he told me to do, but it's in the spirit." And he didn't know this was going on because he had died, and so could get his permission. 
And so I just went on Facebook one day and said, if I've got anybody that's, that needs some money, it's like, I can't, I can't pay your rent, but I can probably pay your water bill this month. And so if you'll just message me, I'll... And so I gave away about half the money to people, to about, I can't even remember, I think there were like six or eight people that um, messaged me, which took a lot to be able to go, yeah, we're, I got this bill and it's past due and it's $234 and boy, if you could do that, that would be great. And I was like, here you go. Um, I know, I know there were at least six people, I can remember two of them. Um, one of them was a really good friend. One of them is just somebody I know on Facebook. And, I, and so I remember that I couldn't tell you who the other ones were. So I mean, that's, so in, in a way that is, that is the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. And I kind of like that I don't know. Um, also would probably be nice if I remembered that I gave somebody some money. <laughs> so it is, so it is, it is more nuanced, but it but goes to motive. Um, but when I think about the phrase not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing, um, because I came up as a piano player. How many, how many people play piano or drums or guitar in here even a little bit? Okay, so good. This, this analogy will, um, will translate. So when you're practicing piano, you're pra you practice scales a lot. And your right hand and your left hand are doing the same thing. And, your right, and so your right hand knows what your left hand is doing because it's doing the same thing. But when you get good at playing piano, your right hand and your left hand are doing completely different things. And if you're a drummer, your right hand's doing one, one rhythm, your left hand's doing one rhythm, and your foot's doing one rhythm. And if you try to think of them all together, you're toast because you get all tangled up. But you, you've... You've taught your right hand what to do. You've taught your left hand what to do. You've taught your foot what to do. If you're playing guitar, you're moving your fingers two completely different ways because you may be strumming with one hand and fingering with the other. And that's, you know, they're operating pretty much independently and it should be the same way with giving. It's not so much about the secrecy of not letting your of your right hand not knowing what your left hand is doing, though you certainly don't want to be showy about it. But it's it's that giving and praying and fasting should be so ingrained in you that you can do it and hardly even notice what you're doing. That if you had to stop and think about it, it would all fall apart. But because you've practiced and you've put in that work, you can, you can play beautifully and only just barely be thinking about, you know, it becomes muscle memory. So that's, that's, that's how I have learned to think of not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, so as uh, I read... Um, read from someone once, the disciples simply do not concentrate on their own past acts of charity or the righteousness that motivates them. They become oblivious to what they have done. Their doing good becomes so much a part of their nature that they are unaware of it. Uh, the person that wrote that, his name is David Steyer, I believe. I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing it right, and I don't even remember who it is because I came up, I found that quote so long ago, but it's S-C-A-E-R, David Steyer. Um, and we see Jesus describe people like that 
later in Matthew, in Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Uh, another, another big famous Matthew passage, and um, I didn't even, until I started thinking about giving and doing things this way, I didn't think about this passage relating to that, but I think this is how it ties back to Matthew 6. And Jesus says, Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And the interesting thing about Matthew 25 to me is that the sheep and the goats, both of them miss Jesus. Nobody sees Jesus when he shows up in front of them. Not the best people in the world. They still miss Jesus. Don't notice him. But the difference is how one group had trained themselves to be and how the other group had trained themselves. You know, one, one of the groups is doing the work and it's so ingrained with them that it doesn't even matter whether or not Jesus has shown up because they're doing it anyway. And to the other and the other group, and the other group is actually looking for Jesus. And yeah, they're they're looking for Jesus and they miss him completely. Because, you know, if Jesus comes, oh, we'll do all of these things if we're doing it for Jesus. And so they're looking for Jesus and miss him. I don't think the other group's even looking for him. They're just off with their right hands and their left hands doing what they doing what they do. And so I wonder if there's not something more to all of this than simply do your good works without drawing attention to yourself. I, I wonder if there's something fundamentally at odds with making a show of piety, of the religious nature of what we're doing and having a heart that works for the kingdom of God. And this kind of goes back to last week when we talked about doing things in the name of Jesus. And I, one of the things that I struggle, now that I've done all of the research for the class, one of the things that I struggle with now is even saying that I'm, even, even attaching Jesus' name to what I'm doing. Because, I mean, I, 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 I want, on the one hand, I want people to know that that's where all this comes from, but I also don't want to make a show of him in the same way that I don't want to make a show of me. Um, and we, we talked last week about where people will come and go, well, what, what do you do? Why? And if you, if you do it well, people will ask. And you, you've begun to build that relationship. All right, so let's go back to my wanting my name on the plaque on the wall or in the program. And I, I honestly don't see a problem with that. Um, I think giving at that level in those kinds of situations can be consistent 
with developing a mentality of giving. Um, I still think it would be cool to see my name listed in the patron circle donors. <laughs> and that's a nice reward. Um, it also probably the only one that I get for doing that. Um, you know, if I'm doing that, I have my own reward. Um, and if I have my own, you know, if I have my own reward and I'm not expecting more from that, then I, I, th I think that's probably fine. It's only a problem, it only becomes a problem if the only way that I give is if I get that kind of recognition. Um, or if I confuse that kind of gift with doing the Lord's work. Um, if it's part of an overall pattern of giving that includes quietly helping the needy, fine and good, but if the name on the plaque is the kind of giving that is the most important to me, then, then I need to have a change of heart. No. Um, we didn't talk at the beginning of class. Does anybody have any giving stories from this week? I've, I've pretty much wrapped up what I had to say here. Um, does anybody have giving stories from the week? I had one yesterday, but okay. disclaimer, I'm not telling this to cancel out my reward. No, 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 we're, we're, we're good in here because it's part of the community building. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Good, good. This, is, this is a show-off-free zone. So I bought a bike at the bike store over by Vanderbilt yesterday. I've been looking, shopping for several weeks. Expensive bike. I'm coming out with a brand new red bike, and the guy, this guy in the parking lot starts talking to me, and I thought he was just chatting. And then he's very, I realized he's very good. So I, I don't like giving money when there is just a horrible situation where they're, you know, they got their hand out, yeah. and they've got bottles everywhere, all that stuff, right? But this guy was really good. And I realized, and well, communicated. Yeah. He said, he says, uh, no, I, I, I get this. He said, he said that if you brought to be a good bike ride, I guess you have good shoes. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And he says, I need better shoes. And, he, and I'm like, oh, I got it now. I'm in that world, not my bike shop world, right? He was 10 feet from the door. I gave him $10. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing, which, which, which I, I, the one and $2 are easy, but the 10 and $20 bills I found hard, although I have no problem writing a big check yeah. for other things. So it's just, it's all that mental baggage yeah. that we all have. And, and I'm sure I did, I probably would have given it to him anyways, but because uh, he was nice. But certainly with an expensive bike in my hand, I mean. <laughs> I, I, I I have to admit one of the one of the one of the first um, one of the first types of strangers that it was easy for me to give money to were the people that I could tell they were they had their stick down yeah and and it wasn't just give me money or I you know it's like I. I'm stuck here. I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana. I need ten dollars more to pay for the bus ticket that's eighty-seven thirty-five to put me on Greyhound. It's like, dude, if you put that much work into your story, you you totally it. worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also then, but then I also said, I said, yeah, you know, I started to have, I tried to have a conversation. Yeah. And I said, are you, do, you, do you get the food, or where are you sleeping? Yeah. People were sleeping. I'm like, you know, there's, um, and all I knew since we're new to the area, I kind of said, well, you know, Green Street Church. Which is on the other side of town a little bit, but it's not that far. They've got meals every night. Yeah. Says, yeah, but it's hard to get over there. So he, I don't, I don't know if he knew about it or if that was his excuse. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. 
So one thing, I remember in Atlanta, when I used to volunteer downtown, you would have a card you'd give to somebody, right? And they would keep that. Because yep. they might then be able to remember that tomorrow, stuff like that. So I need, to, I need to learn where the local places are so I can help refer to them. Even if they yeah. blow me off and they're going to go buy booze with it, okay, at least I did my job. And because some people might actually go to that place. Right. Food. So, yeah. There is a little booze that has all the resources. I'm yeah, sure, those are, yeah. I'm sure Beth and Fraser have a Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. This is not a story about giving. I just want to promote a donation source if I could. Well, because we have, you know, because we, we all want to give to the same place today. So is that, well, is this a place that we okay. could all give to today? We could do that. Okay. Um, there is a wonderful doctor prophet that. Uh, really speaks to the homeless in a unique way. It's called uh, Shelters to Shutters. Okay. Its executive director is the former minister of Harper Hills Church of Christ, Chris Smith, who, by the way, attends Otter Creek uh, more than occasionally. I, I assume here quite, quite often. His daughter was here this morning. She, she pulled up right next to him. Bingo. Yeah. Um, shelters to Shutters reaches out and through the real estate industry provides employment and sustenance uh, to those that, that are, are homeless and need a job. So it's, it's doing a number of things beyond just helping the homeless. It's okay. helping the homeless get employed um, through the real estate industry. In fact, I think David Freeman and some other local real estate moguls you know, have, have set this up. And it's a national charity, yeah. but the national chapter is led by Chris Okay. So, um, and it's, I, I, I just donated this morning, it's real easy, just, just a few steps online. So, shelters to shutters. Okay. Great. So if you're looking for a place to give today, um, I would recommend giving to Shelters to Shutters because, like I've said, for, for those of you who have only been here once or twice, one of the things that um, that I, I like us to do is, as we're trying to do our daily giving six days a week to all of the individual places as we're developing the, those muscles of generosity and that, that default yes when we're asked for money, on Sundays, it's nice to have somebody all of a sudden receive an influx of small donations from a number of people. So if you're looking for a place to give today, um, shelters to, sh shelters plural to shutters, right? Okay, shelters to shutters. Dot org. Dot org, okay, great. All right, thank you everybody. I appreciate your time. Next week, I promise, unless I get sick or something, um, it will be the shrewd manager. So. The, 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 next week is parable of the shrewd manager. Yeah.